Shonda. And this is Until Forever. This is a relationship podcast where we don't claim to be experts or gurus or know-it-alls or any of that stuff. We just want to help somebody by sharing our story, bringing you along in our journey, and we hope that uh, you do the same. Send us a message. Let us know how you're doing. And we are in season three. Three. Episode two. Two. Where we are talking about... How do we handle? How do we handle? This is a series that we're jumping into. Last time you were with us, we were talking about what? How do we handle conflict? Oh, Lord. <laughs> how do we handle... <laughs> oh how gosh. do we handle conflict? Um, so that went well. I hope you enjoyed it. If not, go back and watch it. Um, if you've seen it, um, or wow, that came out way wrong. Yeah, because you said if not, uh, if go not, back and watch. If it. not, tell us why you didn't. I ain't gonna have. Oh a, I gonna be gosh. mad. I'm not gonna be mad. Just tell us, you know, give us some some porn. You Help know what I'm saying? Lord. We all in this together. Anyway, so today um, we are going to jump into the next part of how do we handle, and we're going to talk about how do we handle disappointment. Disappointment. So, I think first we need to ask ourselves this. Um, in being disappointment, uh, in, being, <laughs> in being disappointed, in being disappointed, <clears throat> should we enter into relationships expecting to be disappointed? Nobody wants to walk around expecting disappointments. It's, it's like the total opposite of having hope. You should be hopeful. Do you think people think that disappointment won't happen in their relationships? I think we hope that it won't. You know, no one gets into a relationship and wants bad things to happen um, to them as individuals in the relationship or to them as a couple. Um, But the reality is something at some point along the way is going to happen. So we have to, you're right, so we have to jump into a relationship, enter into relationship or marriage with the expectation of disappointment. Okay, so... That sucks. I'm just going to be honest. How do you think that sounds? The average... So the average marriage counseling Mm -hmm. sessions, there should at least be one session where they are talking to you about what ifs and the bad what ifs. What if this happened? How do you think you would handle it? But if this happened, how do you think you will handle it? And nobody, you just want to have that contingency plan in the back of your mind. Contingency, like when you're, if we were renovating this house, then they would, you know, somebody should advise you to have something set aside in case all the wiring is bad or in case you need to replace all the plumbing. Um, that's contingency. That's what I mean by contingency plan, not a second option, not plan B for the relationship. That's what it sounded like. That's okay. Anyone, contingency. I watch a lot of HGTV, and they're always talking about a contingency, <coughs> and it usually has to do with if we open these walls up and something bad is in these walls, we need some money here just in case so we can fix it. So when I say the average marriage counseling, <laughs> a decent session. A decent rotation of sessions there's going to be at least one where they advise you that's important to have a discussion about how things would be handled if you're unable to have children if 
somebody lost a job, you know, things like that. Don't be looking over here side-eyeing me. I'm telling you right now, the way that sounded, and y'all tell me if I'm wrong, to me... I'm going to be right. It's going to be a lot of people siding with me in the comments. I'm just telling you right You don't know what I'm going to say. And I don't have to know. <laughs> well, to me, it sounded like you were saying you have a way... You got a secret bank account somewhere? <laughs> no. And a getaway plan? No. You got some folks that's just waiting on the phone call? No, I Contingency. mean... Contingency. <laughs> I mean, weren't able to have children. Would we adopt? Would we have a surrogate? We would just not have children. If you lost your job, I'm looking for you to get a part-time job until you find another job, or... I'm working and you stay home with the kids, like, contingency. So it sounds like what you're saying is you should set expectations when you're walking into something. Yes, because you never know what will happen. And even when you, you can plan far into the future of thinking about any and every disappointment that could possibly happen, and you still won't think of all the things that can possibly happen. Okay. So you don't have no secret bank account? I seriously don't, but I wonder if you do. Don't bring it back. So, like, a couple years ago, we were in this service, and the bishop uh, that was there at the (laughs) church prophesied that somebody there had some secret money, and they needed to tell their spouse about it. And ever since then, I've been, that's what I hear. I've been like, so how many accounts you got, bro? (laughs) What's that? I don't have no secret (laughs) accounts. Now, what I do do... Now, he didn't look at Corey, but I'm just saying. What I do do is I keep like a hundred bucks or something off to the side. To the side. It's there if we need it. if we need it. I ain't trying to, you know, it's just, it's there. And Mm. she she don't, she forgets it's there. I don't forget. Oh. Okay. (laughs) But she always accusing me of secret money. I ain't got no secret money. Anyway, so set realistic expectations, and you have to do this even with goal setting, um, which, which, sidebar, do you set goals with your spouse? I mean, were you just going through life haphazardly? You're not working towards anything? Some people do. I would encourage you to have goals. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, we, we laughing. No, it's right there. <laughs> and we laughing, but like, think about it. Like, there are a lot of people out here who are literally just trying to survive. Paycheck to paycheck. They just trying to get the bills paid. Well, in this economy, everybody's probably done that for the most part. <laughs> but <laughs> what I'm saying is everyone should have a goal. I, I want to pay. We want to pay this debt off or we want to purchase our first home or we want to purchase our first car, our brand new car, not a used car. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to go on a family vacation. You know, we want to start a nest egg fund for our children so that when they get grown and and on their own that we have money to give them so they can start their own lives differently than how we started ours. Mm-hmm. You know, you should always have goals. You want to start a retirement fund beyond my 401k or whatever, whatever retirement plan you have at work. Very true. So, like, when... I think that ties into discipline, so okay. Oh, it does. I just want to throw that out there. But when we're, when we're dealing with disappointments, 
Uh, let's look at the things in a relationship that would bring disappointment. Um, definitely financial issues. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, I think the top two reasons for divorce are finances. We've heard you say this a lot. Yes. And infidelity. Yes. And you have heard me say it a lot <laughs> because it's very true. And I think it's something that we have to look at. So when, when you talk about disappointments and we deal with finances, um, <clears throat> how do we, how do you, how do you do that when you had the white picket? I think picks? we're talking about disappointments in two different ways here. Okay. What do you think? What do you say? I'm taking things that have happened that were unexpected. Okay. Like job loss. Mm-hmm being laid off or fired or, you know, um, miscarriages or finding out you're unable to have children, um, failed relation, you know, extended relationships in the family from an extended standpoint, not between the people in the relationship. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like in-laws or, um, those are the things I mean. Infidelity is, you know, that's definitely one too. Those are disappointments to me that can occur in a relationship. But when you're talking about finances, are you saying like beyond job loss? No. Well, like I'm not saying, handling finances properly? I'm saying having this big picture moment. Like when you enter into the relationship and you have the white picket fence view, you're like, oh, right, we, we jumping into this. This marriage finna be the bomb. We're gonna have this big house. We're gonna <laughs> have 20 kids. Um, he's gonna work this amazing job. I'm gonna be working this amazing job. We could probably even start a business on some property. You know, you, you have all of these, these things that you have, your expectations that you have, and when they're not happening, that brings a level of disappointment. And I think that, the reason I asked it the way I did is because I think that that disappointment begins to bleed into you being disappointed with the person instead of the disappointment that should be left within that situation. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, like, I think, but, uh, but I think what you're saying applies to all the list of disappointments that I mentioned as mm-hmm. well. Absolutely. So how do you keep those se- separate? How do you stop when you're disappointed in your relationship? How do you stop it at the issue that you're disappointed with instead of it turning into I'm disappointed with them? That line is very thin. It the disappointment in the thing can definitely bleed into disappointment in the person you're in a relationship with and then thinking this relationship isn't working. Mm-hmm. So we need to end it. Um, it's very thin and it can definitely bleed into that if you're not careful. And especially, once again, back to communication, if you're not communicating. And I will always advocate for counseling and therapy. It's insane how many problems communication solves. And it's because we do, we talk about communication a lot, but it solves so many problems. So many problems. But when we are talking about disappointment and what I think, who is it? Freud is one of them famous scientists. 
that have they have this theory called transference. Maybe transference. You Google, Google it right now. Why you don't want me to say it wrong? I don't. <laughs> she she don't be thinking I'm right, and when I'm it's right, it's not that you you do recall a lot of strange facts. From strange high school and college that I don't remember. That's because you went to the, some weird school. No, I I got good education. It's just it didn't apply to my life, so I I threw it away out my brain. <laughs> you know, like calculus. I don't use it. We do use calculus. I don't. I use addition and subtraction. <laughs> Maybe a little algebra. Find X. That's it. Fine. <laughs> this math they do now. Is I good. geometry though. Never use that. I never use geometry or chemistry. It's Freud. I was right. Who All was right. Transference was first described by Sigmund Freud, and basically what it is is us being mad. And this is definitely paraphrasing the definition, but us being mad at an issue and turning that anger towards someone else who or a thing that don't have nothing to do with what we're mad about. And I think that happens with uh, dealing with disappointment where if the dream wedding or the dream relationship isn't happening, um, it could be for whatever reason. It could be the economy crazy. So you're not going to have the, the dream house, the dream car you want. It could be... Oof. That uh, <laughs> I'm so glad we got our house when we got it because I would not be buying one right, right now. on time. <laughs> it, it could be that you know we um we 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 didn't have um uh, the, the 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 I almost said the sex wasn't working. Lord <laughs> Jesus, help me. The, the we we can't reproduce. We not the 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 pregnancies aren't happening and oh, those yeah. things aren't working. So then we start. Instead of saying, well, this issue that we need to address, it becomes, he can't get me pregnant. Or, or she can't have kids. Or her eggs ain't mm-hmm. populating. However you, whatever the <laughs> scientific term is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, so what do you think? How do you, how do you address that stuff in a healthy way and ensure that the focus stays on the issue instead of aiming your anger and your frustration because of the disappointment at your significant other. Definitely don't pretend like the thing isn't happening. Wow. And we are, once again, like we are not licensed professionals. We're just giving based off our experience. Don't pretend like it's, like it didn't happen. Don't pretend like it's not bothering you. Wow. Because there's no strength in pretending like something's not bothering you. The strength is in communicating that it is. Wow. Because that's exactly what folks do. That's and I'm what sure I've we've done. done it yeah. too. It's where we just, we pretend like the issue isn't an issue and we just keep pushing. We're, flo- we're floating through life, you know, and it's, it's really just festering and growing deeper because you're probably inside your own head with your own thoughts. But you're not expressing those thoughts out loud for your significant other to hear. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the next thing you know, y'all separating, Oof. things ain't working, every little thing is making you mad, and it all stemmed from a disappointment that you both 
Both have. You probably. It wasn't just one person. Mm -mm. If she wanted a picket fence, you probably wanted it too. If 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 you wanted kids, he probably wanted kids too. If 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 you know if you lost a job and didn't want to lose a job, don't nobody want to lose their job. Nobody uh, want that. No. If you do, something wrong with you. <laughs> Golly. But nobody nobody wants nobody wants to be disappointed. So no. to to then deal with disappointment by blaming somebody or pointing at them or fussing at them. Like we again, we said this just the last episode. We were on the same team. Teamwork makes the dream work. So so you have to deal with disappointment together. You have to. You have to. Or or it will drive a wedge. Because even We've experienced a couple of these things, guys. So even dealing with even when two people are dealing with the same disappointment in a different way, it could seem like y'all ain't on the same page. Mm-hmm. And that, because of the lack of communication, that will drive a wedge in between you because you think it ain't affecting her the way it's affecting you. Or you think she don't care as much about it as you care. And that's, that's where I'm at because when I'm disappointed about something and I'm trying to talk to her about it, but she ain't talking about it. I'm thinking, well, she don't care. And why wouldn't she care? This is affecting me. So now I'm upset at her when she does care. She just deals with it differently. But because of the lack of communication and the lack of being able to see it from a perspective that says we are both disappointed, it caused a rift to where now we've got more that we need to address on top of the disappointment. What you think? I would agree. Um, I definitely have the tendency to be in my own head with my thoughts. Um, Sometimes I may journal. That really helps me. Um, Or walking, but I mean, we've dealt with job loss, I think, like within the first year of our marriage. Corey lost his job. Um, And I just was like, why aren't you... (laughs) aren't you looking for another job? But it wasn't that he wasn't looking. It's just he knew what we needed for to survive, and that wasn't going to cut it. And so, um, you know, we made adjustments that we needed to make after we were able to communicate about it. But we definitely can. Gosh, I remember the it was a miscarriage, but not a miscarriage um, because it like my body was like it was pregnant. But then when I went to the doctor, they were like, oh, there's nothing in there. I think we went through that after we had already had two children and gosh, I felt guilty because I was upset with myself that I was pregnant. And then once that happened, it was, I was, I was upset with myself that I didn't want to be pregnant and now I wasn't pregnant. And I just emotionally shut down after that. And so we both handled that very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, trying to buy a house, um, the finances with that, saving for that, like becoming disciplined with that, like, okay, this isn't going to work unless we do this. In the midst of COVID, hmm. um, we've definitely dealt with a lot of things that, you know, were disappointments. <sighs> Trust issues, that was on my part. <laughs> like me trusting him. You know, 
So when we don't, when we didn't communicate about it, it made it worse. It made our interactions with one another worse. And it spilled over into other things that used to be enjoyable. It just, everything just became like, I don't know, like I don't even want to look at you Mm -hmm. or I don't want to be here right now because I'm disappointed. I'm upset. I'm frustrated. So communication is definitely key. Being honest about what you're experiencing, what you're thinking, what you're feeling. And, um, (coughs) I always go back to praying reading books reading scriptures whatever it takes so that you can move on to the next stage and and don't don't just think oh i just need to move forward and ignore this because that's not healthy either no it's not no it's not and sometimes moving forward is dealing with the situation not pushing past it or Mm -hmm. pretending like it ain't there but like in, what's in the next way. step? What's yes. the next stage? Yes, yes. When race cars or in the Indy five hundred, when they are going around that track and they gotta do the pit stop, mm-hmm. the pit stop is a part of the race. It's a part of moving forward. You may not be making the progression, but you are prepping the vehicle to continue to make the progression. And it's the same thing when you're dealing with relationships and trying to figure out how do we navigate through this disappointment. When we our first year of marriage, like, was Jesus Christ. Like, it took God Babe, to keep us together. Babe, surprise, we'll stay here, guys. <laughs> it took God to keep <laughs> us together. And the trust issues, she had every reason to not trust me because there were things that, even though in my mind, my mind was made up. I'm not stepping outside of my marriage. I'm keeping everything like it need to be. She could count on me. She can depend on me. She could trust me. All that stuff was in my head. But she found out stuff after I was married that happened before I was married. And that stuff caused, it, it rocked her trust. It rocked all of that. So now she's seeing me differently, even though who she's looking at, she can definitely trust and depend on and all that stuff. And that caused frustration for me because I'm like, gee, I, I'm look, it's cool. Like, you don't have to worry about <laughs> nothing. And she's like, oh, really? Well, you did this, and you did this, and you did this. Well, that was there. So what? I didn't know. You didn't tell me. And this and this. this. And, and she had every single right to be how she was. And I could not be like, this is now, that was then, get over it. No. That's I had good. to understand yeah. that there was disappointment there. I had to understand that what she thought was something was something totally different. So now we have to, I had to let the pride go and I had to treat her as if every day I woke up having to prove myself to her. And that's literally like, I would take my phone and just sit it next to her with the, with it unlocked. She knew all the passwords and all that stuff. Like, cause I did not, I had to work my way back into the trust. And when I say it took almost the entire first year of our marriage, and then still after that, there were still some after effects of the stuff that had happened. We just, I just, together, we had to be patient. We had to do it together. We had the goal in mind, which was to strengthen our relationship, to strengthen our marriage, to rebuild the trust, and to take it further than what it's ever been. We had to do it. We had to do it. And that takes us to the point that we're going to make with um, <clears throat> dealing with disappointment. We have to lean on our faith. Mm-hmm. 
we have to lean on our faith. So if you don't go to church, this is the part where we get churchy. And I hope it's okay with you. If not, take your butt to church because God can do it. God can do it. God can do it. And God did it for us. He did it for us. It took praying. It took fasting. It took trusting God to rebuild and to fix and to make things right and lay things straight. God had to do it. He really did. And it took scriptures that we had to lean on knowing that God was going to touch hearts mm -hmm. and touch minds and just turn things around and allow, allow uh, to put us in the place emotionally to be able to deal with each other. Even that takes a strong God. It really does. I'm talking too much. What'd you say? Don't have anything right there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to. We had to lean on our faith. We had to lean on our faith. We serve. There's no way that we can serve a God that forgives us for our sins if we couldn't forgive each other. Definitely. There was no way that we could walk in our relationship, uh, putting off this facade that we love God, we live holy, and we're married, and we're doing things the right way when we are harnessing unforgiveness in our hearts for each other. It just wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked. The Bible tells us if you can't forgive your brother and your sister, that he ain't going to forgive you. So we have to have those things in mind when we're talking about disappointments and dealing with each other. We leaned on our faith. It really helped us get through. And the last thing that we talk about when it comes to dealing with disappointment is we have learned not just to, but how. We've learned to encourage each other. And in encouraging, we've learned how to encourage each other. I think a long time ago we talked about the love language book. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and how, you know, you kind of learn not how to love somebody through there, but, you know, how to act in the way or, or, or approach loving another person in the way that is effective to where they really feel it by knowing how they receive the love that you have for them. Um, it's the it's the same way when it comes to encouraging because if um, I drill sergeant my wife she's gonna shut down it's just that simple we are in we're, we're in our weight loss journey <laughs> and I think my wife's looking amazing by the way and when I come in from the gym she's working out if I jumped in at her workout and just started you're not moving fast enough get them legs up get them legs up let's go let's go why are you taking a break Get the sweat off your face. Keep going. Let's go. If I drill sergeant her, she would walk out the room and leave me sitting there with the workout video playing. <laughs> I have to know how to encourage her. I wait until the right moment, and I and I tell her, you're doing a great job. So, girl, you're looking good. Keep going. Keep moving. Don't stop that. I know how to encourage her when she's disappointed about something, when it comes to her businesses and the things that she's doing, when she feels like she's not being effective. I show her how she's being effective. I remind her how far she's come and the things that she's come from. Cause I know that a lot of times you got to put things into perspective If tell me if I'm wrong with, when it comes to surrounding, you got to put things into perspective for you because you are so focused, laser focused on what's happening at the moment. You forget what happened before and you, and you definitely can't see what could happen in the future. So I have to bring all those things into perspective. Girl, you was over here. Now you right here. And because you went from here to right here, God is going to take you all the way that way. Like, so I have to encourage her in that way. What do you think? 
Yeah, definitely. I um I do not do well with uh criticism because I I'm very hard on myself in all aspects of my life. And so for somebody else to think that they're helping me by criticizing me um in a negative way when I didn't ask you for feedback, <laughs> it's uh it's probably more damaging because I'm very critical of myself. I'm a perfectionist. Um, and so, yes. Yeah, so Corey's right. Like when it comes to things that I create or projects that I'm working on, I'm not thinking about how I'm not applauding myself in any way. And I don't mean that like in a, what was me type of way or that's how everybody should be. It's just, that's the way I'm made up and I, you know, I deal with it. But, um, the way that Corey encourages me, it helps me, um, because, you know, it helps me to like, kind of lighten up on myself. And in turn, like, because I'm that way on myself, I can't, I've learned that I can't be that way to Corey because he also does not respond from that type of critiquing like it can't be you need to do this 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 and this well you say you want to do this but you're not doing this like that's not how he responds and so I had to learn over time um that I do better just to praise you know what he is doing and um like the things that he is working towards and then just kind of gently remind him of some of the things he said he wanted to do um, but not say, well, you say you want to do this, but you're just sitting here not doing anything right now. Like that, that doesn't work. Um, that works for me, but doesn't work for him. And so, um, you know, you have to communicate, you have to work and, and learn each other. Love languages will definitely always be a good place to start. So if you've not read it, if you haven't read it in a while, you know, always pull up like the little, I think they have like little devotional mm -hmm. challenges and games and things like that you can do, but, um, definitely a good place to start. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because <clears throat> she, she would talk to me the way she talks to herself in her head. So like she said, she's extremely hard on herself and I've learned her faces too. So I know when she's sitting there bashing herself in her head. And that's the same way that she she doesn't do it much lately. <laughs> but that's the same way that she approaches me when she's trying to encourage me. Um, <clears throat> but we, we have. We have gotten so much better at learning each other. And the crazy thing about it is as we grow, we change and we develop new habits and we develop, you know, whether good or bad. And it's important that we are continuous, continuous, I always have problems. Continually, continuously. Continue, you can't even do it, look. Continuously. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that we are continuously, I think that's right, developing together, that we're continuously learning each other and being open and because and, and our, our ever-changing life and ever-changing world, you're going to start developing different habits and different ways of dealing with stuff. And we have to be able to continue to address each other in a way that is building and not tearing down. 
Because like we said, in dealing with disappointments, you are in this together. And you are disappointed together. Regardless of who seems like is more disappointed, you all are both disappointed. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take working together, coming to some common ground in order to push past that disappointment, work through that disappointment, and get to a place where you can uh, begin to uh, work on turning that disappointment around. God is, here we go, time for the Lord. God is a God of the turnaround. He knows how to take your sadness and, and turn it into gladness. He can take your disappointments and just turn that whole situation around to where the things that you were disappointed about, you are now relishing in them. Like, I thank God we went through uh, quite quite the journey and we're still going through a journey. But we, we started out in an apartment that we weren't paying the full price for because we knew the people who owned it and they hooked us up. And that first year, like she said, I lost my job. We couldn't pay no bills. They were still working with us, but we decided to go up north to Chicago where we then were living with Sharonda's mother. And we did that for over a year Mm -hmm. where I was trying to find the right job for me. I had my CDLs driving different places. Sharonda's working. She finally landed a good job for, what, Kaplan you was working for? Yeah, Kaplan online. So she was working for them, and we thought everything was good, but then it was it was time to come back, and I started working in um, Schneider. Schneider, and I tried to do that out of St. Louis, and that fell That's apart. Um, so then we're living with my mom then, and it, it was like we were never going to get where we wanted to get. Like, we, we just, we had this, this view, this dream of having this great place to live and raising our children and doing it the way we need to do it. But my God, having to live with people for, first of all, when you in somebody else's house, trying to be a family, trying to have a marriage, me trying to be a man, but I don't even, I don't even have a house to say this is ours. When I tell you I had to deal with the disappointment of falling short of taking care of my family, and that's a disappointment I never shared with Sharonda to this day. I've never really talked to her about what I was going through mentally, having to you know go to work and then come home to a house that I don't own, come home to a house that I'm not providing shelter for my family. That like it still bothers me. Um, but from there, we finally started renting a place, and we thought that was going to go in a way where we're going to buy the house there, but they wanted too much for it. So then we moved back in with my mom until finally God blessed us with the home that we have now, with uh, two vehicles that we can depend on, with great jobs, with a fantastic living situation. Like, and I'm not being braggadocious. I ain't used that word in a while. Oh my God. I'm not being braggadocious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you that God has a way of taking your disappointments. And if you deal with the disappointments the right way, he will take your life and move it and maneuver it and take you exactly where he has for you to be. So, I think we're done. You got anything else you want to say? No, we're over our time. We're over our time? Mm-hmm. I apologize. <laughs> but I do hope you have enjoyed the second episode <laughs> of the third season where we are talking about disappointments in the series that we call How Do You Handle? Listen, you may not handle disappointments the way we handle it. But tell me what works for you. Tell me what you've done that has helped you because you know what? We're going to have some disappointments come up, I'm pretty sure, 
tomorrow or next year. <laughs> I, I, I won't speak it or nothing. Oh my goodness! But disappointment is yeah, inevitable. it's a part of life. It's inevitable, and it, you, you, it's if you know how to handle it before it come up, you got a leg up on it. I'm just telling you right now, you got a leg up, and having a leg up is it's easier for you to. You ever been trying to climb a wall, a climb a fence, and try to push yourself up? When you put your leg up there first, that'll preach. Quit looking down. Look up at the, you post, I'm preaching now. You're supposed to say, no, preach, preacher. You're okay. supposed to say it. Okay. I'm going to end the episode when she <laughs> say, preach, preacher. Oh, I'm going to keep going. When you have a leg up, uh, on top of the rooftop, uh, you can boost yourself up, uh, but you got to have the leg up. Uh, what key am I in? Put me in C sharp. Hallelujah. You know they still see you. They can still see you. They see the pillow. This is how we do with disappointment. We try to block. Oh, my God. Put it back up. No. We try to block the disappointment. Hiya. We try to block. Oh, my God. We are way over time. Okay. See y'all next time. <laughs> we try to block the disappointment. We don't want nobody to see Stop. it. <laughs>